0: Welcome to Uncomplicating Weight Loss and Life. I'm your host, Eva Rodriguez, proud Latina, single mom, certified life coach, and weight loss coach. I'm here to help high achieving boss women lose their weight for the last damn time and up level their lives. When it comes to your health, weight loss, and this thing called life, I'm not saying it'll always be easy, but it doesn't have to be complicated. In today's episode, we're going back to the basics. As much as I talk about how I navigate and how I teach nutrition using intuitive eating, and I know that some of my listeners are my day ones and have been with me since my very first podcast that I launched, gosh, four years ago, and some of my listeners are fairly new to me. So, no matter where you are, if this is your first time hearing about intuitive eating, or if you've heard me talk about it numerous times, It'll either be a great introduction for you or a great refresher for you. One thing I know for sure is that every time you hear about a concept, you're able to retain something new, even if you've heard it before. So let's get right into what is intuitive eating and how do I get started eating intuitively. So while I was studying to become a health coach back in 2019, part of the curriculum required that we learn over 100 dietary theories. The one that felt the most in alignment with me was intuitive eating because it helped normalize my relationship with food, helped me figure out how to end my cycles of restricting and overeating, and it facilitated my ability to learn my body's hunger and fullness signals, so much so that I never overeat. This is why I can plant my flag on this hill when I declare... Once you learn how to eat according to your body's intuition, you can eat whatever the fuck you want and you will not gain weight because your body does not want you to overeat. This is the basis of my weight loss framework and the reason why my clients are able to get the dramatic results that they get. So let's start with what is intuitive eating? Intuitive eating is a self care eating framework that integrates instinct emotion and rational thought. Intuitive eating was created by two dietitians in 1995 as a weight inclusive evidence-based model with a validated assessment scale and over 100 studies to date. I'm actually going to link their book in the show notes. It's called Intuitive Eating: A Revolutionary Program That Works by the creators of Intuitive Eating, Elise Resch and Evelyn Triboli. Intuitive eating is a personal and dynamic process and includes 10 principles, which I'm going to share with you in just a moment. But the principles work in two ways. One, by helping you cultivate attunement to the physical sensations that come from within your body to get both your biological and psychological needs met. And number two, by removing the obstacles and disruptors to that attunement, which usually come from the mind in the form of rules, beliefs, and thoughts. So intuitive eating requires you to have a paradigm shift around dieting because most diet plans and programs do not include the mind-body-spirit connection. Intuitive eating is sometimes called mindful eating, and it can help facilitate normal eating for those who struggle with eating issues or chronic dieting. So by practicing intuitive eating, you can end the cycle of restricting and overeating by learning your body's hunger and fullness signals. Simply put, I eat what I want when I'm hungry and I don't eat when I'm not hungry. That's the most basic way to explain intuitive eating. Does this mean I eat pizza and ice cream all day? Absolutely not. And when you learn how to listen to your body, how to listen to your hunger signals, how to listen to your fullness signals, you learn how to calibrate yourself. It's definitely a process and it definitely has a learning curve, but a lot of it is actually unlearning behaviors that a lot of us learned by listening to the diet industry for the majority of our lives. So here are the 10 principles of intuitive eating. Principle number one is to reject the diet mentality. Reject the diet mentality and the false hope of losing weight quickly, easily and permanently by following a diet. The diet culture has led so many people to feel like a failure every time a new diet stops working and you gain all the weight back. When in reality, you're not the problem, the diet is the problem. Principle number two, honor your hunger. You do this by keeping your body biologically fed with adequate energy and carbohydrates. Otherwise, you can trigger a primal drive to overeat. If you've ever tried a no-carb or low-carb diet, you know that feeling of, I'm so fucking hungry, I could eat my cat. Like, it's this primal desire to just eat and eat fast and eat as much as you can as quickly as you can because your body needs carbs. Contrary to the diet culture, carbs are actually not bad at all. And our body needs carbs. Once you reach the moment of excessive hunger, all intentions of moderate conscious eating are going to go completely out the window. By learning to honor this first biological signal that you're hungry sets the stage for rebuilding trust in yourself and trust in food, which leads to principle number three, make peace with food. Stop fighting food. Stop giving it your power. Like, always say, it's just food. It is neutral. It's not good or bad. Food has one job, and that is to be our fuel. It's like gasoline to a car. Food is our fuel. It's not the scary monster, and it's not our best friend. And I know that oftentimes we give food so much headspace and control over our lives with all of these food rules and diet rules, and what's real and what's not, and what do we, you know, and all the competing things that we hear about food, about nutrition. If you tell yourself that you can't or shouldn't have a particular food, unless it's because your doctor says you can or you shouldn't right? Or because maybe you have an allergy, maybe you have celiac, maybe you have uh, diabetes, right? If you have this idea that there are good foods and bad foods, it can lead to intense feelings of deprivation that build into uncontrollable cravings and oftentimes binging. So you'll always hear me say there are no good or bad foods. There are just foods that are good or bad for you. For example, I am gluten intolerant, I'm also allergic to dairy and eggs. Will I die if I eat it? No, but my body doesn't metabolize it properly. So why would I? Why would I put myself through that? Sometimes I do and I pay the price. But I do so knowing that, okay, I'm going to have some pizza and I'm going to have all of the reactions that come when I have gluten and when I have dairy. And it manifests in my body as inflammation, as rashes, things like that. Most of the time, it's not worth it. But I've made peace with all foods. I've also made peace with the foods that my body rejects for whatever reasons. And I'm able to approach any and everything that I eat with a sense of calm, and a sense of peace, and a sense of control. Principle number four, challenge the food police. Just because you eat a cookie does not make you a bad person. Just because you eat kale doesn't make you a good person. The food police mentality just upholds this unreasonable idea that there are rules that the diet culture has created. The police station, so to speak, is deep within our brain. And this mindset is what leads you to feeling guilty or to feeling shame or to feeling frustrated or hopeless if you fall off your plan, instead of giving yourself grace and just starting over tomorrow. Because really, what you just did doesn't even matter. Just do better next time. The diet mentality, though, will have you thinking that you're a god-awful person and you should go hide for a week because you can't stick to this plan that they gave you. Challenge the food place. Principle number five, discover the satisfaction factor. So oftentimes in our compulsion to comply with diet culture, we overlook the pleasure and satisfaction that can be found in the eating experience. And part of this requires slowing down and actually enjoying your meals. Most of us don't do that. Most of us eat while we're multitasking, doing something else. Most of us eat entirely too fast. And when you eat fast... It's really difficult to know if you've had enough or not. So by slowing down and enjoying your meals, putting the fork down in between your bites, chewing each bite fully before putting the next bite in your mouth, that helps you to learn when your body has had enough to eat. And what you will also learn is that it takes a lot less food than you would have eaten. If you just golfed the meal down while answering an email or watching your TV show or talking to your partner or whatever other thing you might be doing instead of just enjoying your meal. Principle number six, feel your fullness. Listen for the body signals that tell you that you are no longer hungry. Observe the signs that show that you're comfortably satisfied. Pause in the middle of eating and ask yourself how the food tastes. And ask yourself what your hunger level is. One of the strategies that I teach my clients is called the halftime method, which is halfway through your meal, you just put the fork down, create some space, some distance between you and your food, and just ask yourself, am I still hungry or have I had enough? It might take you a couple minutes to actually know, but the more you do that, the more in tune you become with your body. Sometimes you are still hungry, but just a little bit. So instead of finishing the other half of your meal, maybe you're just going to finish a quarter, but you wouldn't have known that if you're just speeding through it, trying to get the sandwich down and go on to the next thing on your calendar. Once you understand what your body considers satisfied, complete game changer. So principle number six is feel your fullness. Listen to the body signals that tell you that you are no longer hungry. Observe the signs that show that you are full. Pause in the middle of eating and ask yourself how the food tastes and what your current hunger level is. Principle number seven, cope with your emotions with kindness. Find ways to comfort, nurture, distract, and resolve your issues without food. I always say if you eat for any other reason than physical hunger you are an emotional eater. Not everyone identifies as an emotional eater because I think a lot of us have this idea that emotional eaters are hiding food under their bed or, you know, eating a pint of ice cream in the dark, you know, watching Netflix and crying over some sad romantic movie or something, right? No, emotional eaters are people who eat to satisfy their emotional hunger. Boredom is an emotion. Sadness is an emotion, anger is an emotion, frustration is an emotion, tired is an emotion. If you eat for any of those reasons, you're an emotional eater. So the principle here is learn how to cope with your emotions with things other than food. Find other ways to deal with whatever's going on in your life that's why having a coach is so important. Having someone that you can tell everything that's going on in your head and it's not going to judge you and it's going to help you sort out what's what. Someone that's going to be objective, someone who believes in future you and is always going to help you get closer to that version of you. That's why having people in your corner is so important. That's why I have an entire stable of coaches. Sometimes we just need consistent support in ways that our family and friends cannot help us. There's so many things that I go through with my business, with my personal life, that I can't talk to my friends about because they're going to be like, Girl, you got it. It's going to be all right. Sometimes you need someone that's going to help you dig your way out of shit. Sometimes you need someone to teach you how to stop eating our emotions to teach you how to process your emotions because it's not something that we're taught in school or anywhere else really in life. It's so important to surround yourself with people and tools and resources that are going to support you throughout your entire journey of life, of your health, of your wellness, of all the things. Because one thing we will always have is our feelings. Because our feelings and emotions and thoughts aren't going anywhere. We just need to become the expert of our own thoughts, feelings, and emotions so that our thoughts, feelings, and emotions aren't driving the car. They can ride in the back seat, but you need to be in control. You need to be the one driving the car. Principle number eight, respect your body. It's hard to reject the diet mentality if you are unrealistically and overly critical of your body size or your shape. Take it from someone who has body dysmorphia. It's an ongoing struggle. All bodies deserve love, dignity, and respect. That is something that I have to repeat to myself often when my dysmorphia takes over. So believe me when I tell you, none of this is supposed to be easy. And I understand that some of you might be listening to this and thinking, this sounds like a lot of work. gotta feel shit and I gotta treat myself certain ways and I have to unlearn things. I'd rather you just tell me what to eat. No, you don't. I promise you, you don't. I promise you that if it was as simple as just tell me what to eat, nobody would have a weight problem. You don't really want someone to just tell you what to eat. You don't want someone else to tell you about you. There's nothing more empowering Than learning how to love and accept yourself, your body, no matter what it looks like right now, knowing that you are in control. Nobody else is. There's nothing more empowering. There's nothing more badass than knowing I'm in control of every single thing that's going on in my life right now. Why? Because I control my thoughts. I control my feelings. I control my actions. And I'm the boss of me. And you're the boss of you. And the best way to love yourself when it comes to food, when it comes to nutrition, is by nourishing your body properly. By giving your body the foods that will make it function optimally. That is true self-love. And all it takes is learning how to apply these principles and committing to following through. Committing to learning a new way of eating that's actually going to help you not only lose weight, not only improve your health, but also improve your relationship with you. Principle number nine, movement. Doesn't matter what you do, whether it's running, walking, dancing, just make it a point to move your body every single day. And part of this principle, which is why I love intuitive eating so much, because it doesn't specify how to move your body, it just says to move it. And I am of the same belief, even though I love strength training and I think it is the best way to change your body, I understand that there's also quite the learning curve there. I understand that a lot of feelings are going to come up for you if you're not used to strength training. So I would rather you just pick a way to move every day. That's simple. And then we just add to it. We'll just keep adding to it. I believe that eventually, if you work with me, eventually you will love strength training. But if you just start with a 20-minute walk every morning, during your lunch break, after dinner, if you just start with dancing in front of your mirror, create a playlist, five songs that make you want to dance, make you want to whatever, and do that every day. This helps you because on the days when you don't want to move, When you just want to stay in the bed, when you just want to go to bed, you can remind yourself of how you're going to feel afterwards and why it's worth doing. Focus more on how it feels to move your body and less on what you're actually doing in the moment. At least until it becomes a habit for you. Then we'll get you into something more intense. And principle number 10, honor your health. Make food choices that honor your health and your taste buds while making you feel good. Remember, you don't have to eat perfectly to be healthy. I lost the majority of my weight before I even knew I was gluten intolerant and had all these allergies. I was still eating pizza. I was still eating ice cream. I eat platanos like almost every day. Like, I'm Dominican, Puerto Rican. We eat platanos with everything. What you eat becomes less important when you're really dialed into yourself. You will not suddenly get a nutrient deficiency or become unhealthy from one snack, or one meal, or one day of eating. It's what you eat consistently over time that matters. It's all about progress, not perfection. And I don't want you to force yourself to eat things that you don't truly like just because you think it's healthy. I do encourage you to try new things. I used to think I didn't like vegetables. I love them now, I just don't like them cooked. (laughs) I don't like cooked vegetables. I have this thing with like textures. But I love raw vegetables. I can eat any kind of salad, for the most part. And in case you're not convinced yet to give intuitive eating a try, here's some research findings of characteristics associated with the intuitive eating lifestyle. Research has shown that intuitive eaters have lower BMI, body mass index. They have lower triglycerides. They have lower disordered eating. They have lower emotional eating. And they have lower self-silencing, which means suppressing one's thoughts, feelings, and needs. And research shows that intuitive eaters have higher self-esteem, higher well-being, higher optimism, a higher variety of foods eaten, a higher body appreciation and acceptance, a higher HDL, which is the good cholesterol, higher interoceptive awareness, higher pleasure from eating, higher proactive coping, higher psychological hardiness and higher unconditional self-regard. The main tool that's used for intuitive eating is the hunger fullness scale, which is a scale of 1 to 10. If you've never seen the scale, I actually share it and explain it in detail in my new masterclass. So, be sure to check that out on my website or in my show notes because the visual is really helpful when you're learning how to eat intuitively. When I work with my private clients, we use an intuitive eating app that asks them to rate their hunger and fullness when they log their meals each day. And the additional visual aid works as a brain hack to really integrate the hunger fullness scale. It's pretty cool, actually. The idea is to start eating when you're at a 3 or a 4 on that scale of 1 to 10 and to stop eating when you're at a 6 or a 7. So at the very bare bones basics, intuitive eating comes down to this. Only eat when you're hungry and stop as soon as you're satisfied, not full. Most people cannot tell the difference between full and overfull, And as we discussed, most people eat too fast. That is why we stop at satisfied. Give your body a chance to catch up. What I love about intuitive eating is that you can literally start today, right now with your next meal. You don't need to go on Amazon and order a food scale. You don't need to do any of that shit at your next meal. want you to ask yourself am i hungry am i physically hungry for food or am i hungry for something else you might be hungry for entertainment for comfort for happiness for a distraction but that's not a reason to eat that is emotional eating if you ask yourself am i physically hungry and the answer is yes then you will eat halfway through your meal i want you to put the fork down finish chewing Put one hand on your heart, one hand on your stomach, and ask yourself, have I had enough? If the answer is yes, you are done with your meal. Throw it away, give it away, put it away. I don't give a fuck what you do with it, but don't finish eating it just because it's there. When you give your body more fuel than it needs, it gets stored as fat. When you give your body more fuel than it needs, you're not honoring your body. And if you're not honoring your body, you're not honoring yourself. Here's the thing. You are the CEO of your body and your life. You call the shots. Food doesn't control you. Sugar doesn't control you. Other people's opinions don't control you. You control you. It might feel scary if that CEO role has been vacant for a while. That's okay. There's only one person that can fill it, and that is you. I'm here to help you learn how to trust yourself and your body. I'm here to help you calmly and confidently step into the role of CEO of your body and life so that you can start creating the body and life you've always wanted. I wanna invite you to apply to work with me. Go to my website, Eva.fit and click on the work with me button or just click on the link in my show notes. That's all for today. Bye for now. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. To learn more about how to work with me, go to eva.fiz and click on the work with me button. While you're there, be sure to check out my free weight loss resources so that you can get a jump start on your journey. I'll see you there.